This is the St. Long Ginas' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is episode 41, entitled, The Error of Putting God and People into Boxes. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am. All that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So, uh, I've spoke on this little issue at least, I believe I, I did it um, in one of the introductory episodes. And I believe that I may have tangentially mentioned it in a few others. We as moderns, And I believe I covered this in my banality of the normies rant. But we as moderns, we tend to put people in boxes. Disclaimer real fast because uh, I just realized that not everybody works their way through my material. Everything that I'm going to talk about, I'm either guilty of or have been guilty of myself. Uh, I am not talking about everyone. This is just a generalized observation. It's not aimed at anyone in particular. That's out of the way. So, um, we as moderns, we tend to we tend to label and put people into boxes, and God too, for that matter. Um, however, when it comes to God, we like to limit what He does. And what a lot of people overlook is God created the world, space, time, molecules, atoms. It, he's, he's the one basically holding everything together. If he decided, got disgusted and said, you know what, I'm done with this, everything would go poof and bye-bye. But we as humans and our arrogance and our pride and our presumption and, you know, um, what, what, whatever failings we might have, we, we tend to look at God And we don't even recognize his divine providence in our life. Now, in some cases, this is due out of ignorance. There's a reason that I keep uh, recommending uh, Father de Cassad's uh, Total Surrender to Divine Providence. Because he's authored everything, he knows what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. He knows everything. And yet, 
in our arrogance, we tend to think, oh, well, once again, we don't recognize that God's in control on, on just a basic level. And I, I tried to explain this principle and I, I don't think, well, because my analytics, they kind of tell me which episodes got what listens, but I can't, it doesn't have my list, uh, my episodes listed and then how many listens each one's got. But I tried in one of my episodes to explain this concept. The Fediites, and for those of you who are unaware, um, Fenii is a Catholic heresy that says if a person dies before they get baptized, either martyred or um, they want to get baptized, uh, well, if they, if, they get, if they get murdered before they get baptized or if they... Um, are not baptized and they are martyred. In other words, let's just say the Great Reset happens tomorrow and somebody's not baptized, they want to be set of a contest, and the local goon squad says, renounce Jesus or we shoot you, and that person says, no, go pound sand, I ain't doing it, and they waste the person, that that person's going to hell because they weren't baptized. Now, I, I'm not sure if I covered the heirs of Phineism. I know I've mentioned it. But that's, that's putting God in a box. Now, the rules for the Catholic Church are that if you have the means to get baptized, you should get baptized. But that does not mean that God does not make because we're all individuals, individual decisions that to us mere limited creatures doesn't make sense. Well, it can't be, you know, the rule book says this. It can't, that can't happen. Need I remind you, he is our creator. God can do whatever he wants to do. Okay? Um... If God wanted to flatten New York, San Francisco, and Atlanta, Chicago, Los Angeles, and every major U.S. city, not by an asteroid or nothing, but just flatten it completely through his own power, he can do it. He's the creator. We are the creature. I don't... I don't I, I, I understand that's a difficult concept to make. The reason I'm saying this is because one of the major... The, I, I, I mean, major arguments against... And by the way, as far as the Fenianism goes, uh, it's already been condemned by the pre-Vatican II Church. But heresies are like fads. Some things never go out of style. Anyhow, um, one of the biggest arguments against um, 
you know, that you need baptism in order to get to heaven. And it's in, literally in the Bible was the good, the good thief is what they call him. That, that was the guy, I think it was in Luke. Um, there were two criminals um, that were crucified next to Jesus. One of the criminals is a real a-hole and he's spouting off to Jesus. Hey, save us, save us. And the other guy was like, hey, we deserve what we're getting. This man's an innocent man. You know, don't, don't, don't you have a little respect for him? And then he turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus looked at him and said, today you will be in paradise. Now there's no records although some people try to argue against this, there are no records that that, that that thief got baptized. At the, at the last hour of his death, he just asked Jesus. Now, does that mean that everybody should not be baptized? No, I just got done saying the rules are there for a reason. But God is God. You know, if um, do you think he needs a magisterium to make a saint? No, he doesn't. Okay, um, he he can he can he can. To us, it may seem like he's breaking his own rules, but a lot of times. He, he's dealing, because he made us all individually. So, something may happen that may seem like, well, wait a minute, you know, this ain't right. And, once again, you're, you're you know, just because you don't understand doesn't mean that God can't do it. And furthermore, it doesn't mean that you were meant to understand. When I was on the twatter, I picked that up from a Romanian podcaster. I kind of like it. But when I was on the twatter, I remember I posted something with St. Padre Pio. And the guy was saying, whoa, he was, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was uh, beatified by Vatican II, therefore it's not official. And I, I, I replied to him, I said, well then answer me two questions. Number one, can you name me any Catholic saint in the entire history of Catholicism who received the stigmata who wasn't a saint. And for those of you who are unaware, the stigmata, uh, I think there are like five marks of it, uh, but the, the common stigmata is you get the, uh, the literal uh, holes in your hands, in the palms of your hands, 
where Jesus was crucified and you get the literal holes in your feet where Jesus was crucified. I believe the other one is the crown. Uh, you get like, uh, it's, it's hard to explain, but it would be like if somebody took a crown of horns and jammed it on your head or thorns and jammed it on your head. They get that mark. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe some saints have gotten um, marks of the uh, heart of Jesus over their hearts. But I, I asked him that. And the second thing I asked him is, is that, how, um, well, I said I asked him two things, but there's a third part to this too. But the the second thing I asked him was was that if Padre Pio was not a saint, then how could he perform the miracles that he did? There, and by the way, the miracles he performed were long before Vatican II even happened. Was a thing. And that brings me to the third point, which is, and this, this was uttered by Bishop um, Sanborn in one of his talks. I forget which talk it was. He raised the point that the church keeps a list of saints, not of the damned. Just because Vatican II makes a saint does, you know, my, my basic attitude is in the case of people who were showing Marx's sainthood, um, you know, like Padre Pio, you know, I... I'm going to consider them a saint. Um, in in other cases, I will reserve judgment, but I'm not, you know, just because Vatican II made them a saint does not necessarily mean that they're not a saint. In order to be a saint, well, you can be a pious and devout Catholic without the necessity of heroic sanctity and still get to heaven. Now, you may spend hundreds of years in purgatory or millions, but if you get to heaven, you're automatically a saint. The canonized saints are... Um, and I'm talking pre-Vatican II, obviously, what they, they showed heroic sanctity in life. But even in some cases, they didn't get beatified till two or three hundred years after they died. It just depended on the Pope and the circumstances. My, my point in bringing this up is, is we try to put God in a box. God is not subject to what we think. We are subject to what he wants. And a lot of people forget that fact. And there's a reason I'm talking about his divine providence. 
ओम I try not to get uh, talk about myself too much, but as I stated in a previous episode, the reason I got off of Twitter was there was a certain segment of said Vacantes that, you know, um, Dealing with them was literally like dealing with like a regular, random, uh, secular person. And I decided that, you know, I'm not, that, that, that being on Twitter was not only a waste of my time, but it was also, you know, and part of this is my fault too. I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. Part of this is my own too, but it was bringing out the worst in me. And I should get off. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's also said Vacantes, and he was saying, well, they view you as a new convert and you have no authority and no position and that's why they get mad at you when you do what you do. Now, I told the man, I said, look, I already knew that. Because <laughs> I did. I, I've, I've had too much experience with people in general. And by the way, um, and I do realize I put out over 100 episodes. So not everyone's going to remember what I might have said 50 episodes ago, but I've stated on several occasions that I realized that people were going to disregard my message because of who I am or how I come across. And, you know, once again, that's putting people in a box. That's disregarding Divine providence. God has taken some of the most unlikely people possible and they've done saintly acts that nobody who knew them at the time would have ever guessed that God was working through them. You would think Sedvacantus would get such a concept such as that, but people are who they are. And, you know, they are in their own right instruments of divine providence so I don't want dear Lord Jesus and Mother Mary I don't want you I'm not complaining against your instruments of divine providence I'm just trying to get a message across um but in the Old Testament I a lot of people are not familiar with the Bible but there's a story I don't remember which book of the Old Testament it is but a pagan king sent his uh, priest to curse Israel. And he wouldn't do it. Every time that he was sent to curse Israel, he blessed him. So finally, the king gave him a bunch of gold and said, this time you're going to curse Israel. And that priest had the, you know, he wanted that money. So he was going to curse Israel. And 
Two angels, he couldn't see them, but his donkey could, were blocking his path. And his donkey would not move. And so he started beating that donkey. Beating it. And the Holy Ghost came into that donkey. A mute animal. And the donkey looked at Balaam, and the Holy Ghost, through the donkey, said, Why are you beating me? Do you not know that this is God's will that you do not do this act? That's putting people in boxes. That's looking at the outside, first of all. Not the inside. Now, I do realize because of the time and place we're in, it's hard to, unless they're a family member, a spouse, or a child, or whatever, it's hard to know somebody decently on a uh, personal level. But this goes back to not making um, rash judgments. And once again, I will give the definition of a rash judgment. A rash judgment is ascribing motivations or thoughts or intentions to somebody that you don't know personally. Okay? But you, you, you would, uh, well, maybe some of you wouldn't be, but, uh, there, I, I've, I've run into some set of a contest who can, who could quote you chapter and verse from, say, the Baltimore Catechism or the 1917 Code of Canon Law, but don't even know the basics, which is in most prayer books. And I'm looking it up as I speak. The Examination of Conscience. And in my, in my prayer book, and, and when, when, they, when they cover the sins or, or the things, you know, it's asking you, did you do this? It's doing it by the commandments, the Ten Commandments. And under commandment number eight, it asks, have you judged rashly? Now, I kind of understood what that meant on just a surface level, but when I started reading the catechism, it explained how rash judgment is, is a sin. Now, whether it's venial or mortal, I'm not, I, I'm not a canon lawyer, and honestly speaking... Um, whether it's venial or not doesn't matter you know our job as Catholics is is if it's not to commit or try not to commit sin at all um, but This goes back to surface level. In my own way, what I would describe rash judgment is, is just judging on a surface level. Judging a person by their looks. 
Judging a person by the way they talk. Judging a person by the way they're dressed. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. My Protestant pastor, first, first Protestant church I was in, one of his favorite stories that he would tell um, was the story when Abraham was... He was on one of his journeys and two, two men came up to him and he, he, you know, he, he was the epitome of hospitality. He, he killed a goat and made, uh, gave them milk, washed their feet, gave whatever they wanted. He took care of them. And it turned out later that they were actually angels. And the reason I'm saying that story is St. Paul in one of his epistles talks about we should be careful on how we treat people because some of us have entertained angels and not, have, not even have known it. Now, you know, and once again, if you're judging on appearances level, you know, if you're looking at some toothless homeless person and you're looking at the surface and you don't have that thought in the back of your head that, oh, maybe this person might be an angel in disguise to test my love of God and my fellow man, then you might walk by an actual angel. There are stories in Catholic history where the saints have um, taken care of either Jesus in disguise or one of his angels in disguise. They thought it was a regular person. Turned out to be Jesus, one of the angels. That's why you should never judge on appearances. Put people into boxes. As for myself, um, I, I'm not saying I haven't been guilty of judging by appearances. I have. But as I've grown older, and especially since I've got, tried to get serious about my Catholicism, you know, and I do realize the two younger generations have brought up that, oh, it's wrong to make a judgment. No, you make a judgment every day. If you use the red toothbrush instead of the blue toothbrush, you've made a judgment. If you have two girls that are interested in you, a blonde and a brunette, and you go out with a blonde, you just made a judgment. If you pick Burger King over Taco Bell, you've made a judgment. It's not wrong to make judgment in impersonal matters. But you should not judge people personally by your, with your own judgment. And 
I used to, one of the reasons I'm off the twatter is, is because I got accused all the time of making rash judgment. And I had to tell them ad nauseum. I'm not ascribing motivations. I am not ascribing uh, intentions. I am reacting to their actions and their speech. So, if a, if a listener to this podcast were to send me a message on Telegram and say, you know what you said in episode such and such was heretical, and I'd say, okay, what did I say? And then go back to that episode and listen. And indeed, I had made, uh, not a purposeful heresy, but a, uh, I think they call it a ma uh, material heresy, an accidental one, that I'd accidentally misspoke. I would thank that person profusely and correct my error. That's, that is correct judgment. But... When a person who is a priest calls himself a set of a contest, but then gets mad because a political person who's a heretic, who's unpopular at the present time, describes another heretic who happens to be a pretender to the papal throne in the Vatican. Uh, some would know this man as Mr. Bergoglio, and they say he's not a man of God. And he does, he does a YouTube video on this, so it's public. And those were his words. I, I am well within my right as a layman to question the man's judgment based on his words. You know, if, I, if, if I'm not saying, oh, he's just saying that because he, he's a secret Vatican II guy. I have no way of knowing that. But if I say, well, the fact that he's calling out this person for, for saying a notorious heretic is literally not a man of God. And the irony is the person that called him that, that said he wasn't a man of God, wasn't even Catholic. So that's how blatant Mr. Bergoglio's heresies are. But anyway, but if I, if I, if I, if I point out that this, that this priest... Um, is sticking up for a known heretic and I publicly ask well, why is he doing this this does not make sense that is not me making a personal judgment that is me asking a legitimate question why is a, per a, a person that is saying he's a set of a contest priest sticking up for a notorious heretic especially because Catholic dogma says we are to shun notorious and blatant heretics. Not to mention the fact it's in the New Testament several places. Anyhow, so in closing, 
I really, I really want to urge my listeners, and by the way, you don't have to be Catholic to take this message to heart. I mean, obviously, if you're atheist and agnostic and you don't believe in God, the God part, um, okay, fine, you know. I, I hope and pray that you, you know, that God gives you the grace to change your mind, but the um, the judging people part, you don't have to be a a, a Catholic to to understand the concept that not judging people on their appearances is just decent human behavior. You don't even have to be particularly devout or holy to understand that that's. That's just a tenet of being a decent human being. Anyhow. So, um, I'm off my soapbox now. And uh, this time I kept it relatively brief. But I go where the Spirit leads me. So, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you giving me your time. Um, and I, I hope and pray that people get something out of this episode. So I just want to thank you for listening. And, um, I would like to see a lot of people, more people get to heaven. And I am praying for people in my life directly and indirectly. So... Have a good day. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Bye-bye.